And we are the Extra Sisters, so sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to a special episode for the end of this garbage-ass year. (laughs) But something we did do that was really cool was we went through 100 years of horror movie history. And so we went through a a decade, if you have followed along, or if you're still following along, or if you haven't, I highly suggest it. But we started in the decade of the 20s and went all the way through 2019 and went through one movie per year. So again... 100 movies. And so just to kind of wrap that all up in a pretty bow, we are going to talk about kind of our best, worst, some different categories and just, you know, talk about our experience with that a little bit. So we did kind of divide these up into where Kristen came up with some really cool categories. And so we're going to talk about our experience going through this entire 100 years of horror. And so yeah, this is just very, you know, chill very I'm sure there's a little bit of a format but it's kind of going to be like a happy hour where we just kind of go for it so yeah well really quick do you want to go maybe back and forth by decade and just name off all the movies we did this year for just the hundred years yeah yeah just to give people a refresh on some of the movies we did yeah you well it's interesting that you say refresh because when I was doing this list there are literally some on here that i, I don't, don't remember. remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, we did Cabinet of Caligari. Like, okay, that was cool. It was a our very first horror movie, and that was awesome. But yeah, there's some in here where I'm like, wait, what was that one? What was that one again? Yeah, exactly. And like, well, and because there, there are some, you know, watch a hundred movies, especially oh, yeah. within like a short time frame. Because we didn't even do it through the whole year. We intended to, but then when there were no movies in theaters to sprinkle things through, we were like, okay, well, since we don't have to go to movie theaters, we can really just hammer into this 100 years of horror and so I was reading through some of these I was like I have no idea what that movie (laughs) I can remember so you know all if you want to just kind of go back and forth the you know the 1920s so we're gonna just power through these real quick 1920s we have the cabinet of Dr. Caligari 1920 1921 phantom carriage 1922 Nosferatu 1923 hunchback of Notre Dame 1924, Hands of Orlock. 1925, Phantom of the Opera. 1926, Faust. 1927, Cat and the Canary. 1928, The Man Who Laughs. And 1929, Mhm. And then starting in the 30s, we have The Bat Whispers, 1930, 1931, Frankenstein, Vampire, 32. That is with a Y. King Kong, 33. The Black Cat, 34. Bride of Frankenstein, 35. Devil Doll, 36. Jacques, 37. Night Must Fall, 38. And Son of Frankenstein, 39. Moving into 1940, we have Dr. Cyclops, 1940, Wolfman, 1941, Cat People, 1942, I Walked with a Zombie, 1943, Bluebeard, 1944, Dead of Night, 1945, Beast with Five Fingers, 1946, Scared to Death, 1947, do not remember that one, Abbott and Costello, <laughs> right. Frankenstein, 1948, The Queen of Spades, 1949. 
Starting in 1950, we have a movie that I first got to see this year was really good, House mm -hmm. by the River. We have The Thing from Another World from 1951. The White Reindeer was also great, 1952. House of Wax, 53, Vincent Price. Them, 54. Night of the Hunter, 55. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, 56. Incredible Shrinking Man, 57. The Fly, 1958. And House on Haunted Hill, also Vincent Price, 1959. Moving into the 60s, we're probably going to get in some things that you are familiar with, unless you are a huge horror movie history <laughs> buff. You probably knew a lot of those. But now moving into the 60s, we're getting in some of those best ofs, really classic mm -hmm. horror movies. So starting out with 1960, we have Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, The Innocence, 1961, 1962, Eyes Without a Face, 1963, The Birds, 1964, Quite On, a three-hour Japanese movie. <laughs> <laughs> 1965, Propulsion, 1966, Dracula, Prince of Darkness, 1967, The Sorcerers, 1968, Rosemary's Baby, 1969, Spirits of the Dead. And starting in 1970, we had a crazy movie with Valerie and her Week of Wonders. 71, we have another Vincent Price movie when he was getting older, The Abominable Dr. Phoebes. Last House on the Left, 1972. Don't Look Now, 73. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 74. Jaws, 75. Carrie, 76. Asperia, 77. Invasion of the Body Snatcher, 78. Alien, 79. Moving into the 80s, we start with a Stephen King. We have The Shining. Evil Dead, 1981, 1982, Poltergeist, 1983, Dead Zone, 1984, Nightmare on Elm Street, 1985, Reanimator, 1986, Aliens, 1987, Evil Dead 2, 1988, The Vanishing, and 1989, Santa Sangre. One of Amanda's beloved movies, we have Misery in 90. We have another of Amanda's, Silence of the Lambs in 91, Amanda's birth movie, 92. We have Bram Stoker's Dracula. Dead Alive, we have 93, Kronos, 94, 7, 95, Scream, 96, and Scream 2, 97. Good job, you guys, back-to-back. -back. Ringu, 98, and Blair Witch Project, 99. Moving into the 2000s, we have Shadow of the Vampire, 2000, 2001, The Devil's Backbone, Made Me Sob, 2002, <laughs> The Ring, 2003, 28 Days Later, 2004, Shaun of the Dead, 2005, Land of the Dead, 2006, The Descent, 2007, The Host, 2008, Let the Right One In, and 2009, Drag Me to Hell. And our last decade, and I'll make this really quick for you, we have Let Me In, 2010, Attack the Block, 2011, Cabin in the Woods, which I love, 2012, The Conjuring, 2013, The Babadook, 2014, It Follows, 2015, The Witch, 2016, Get Out, 2017, A Quiet Place, 2018, and last year we had Tigers Are Not Afraid for 2019. I know that was a lot, but we ran through it for you so that you guys realize how much we did this year just with those. We went through a lot of stuff, so we have a lot to review. Yeah. And just to give you a quick reminder, we did the best of every year, according to Rotten Tomatoes. That is kind of an ever moving list based on reviews that are constantly coming in. At the time we made this list, those were the highly rated movie of the year. Now for the earlier decades, those really aren't going to change too much. I mean, right. there's not a ton of competition for the 20s, 30s, 40s, and even the 50s. Those are pretty much going to stay locked. And also probably the 60s, you know, but mm -hmm. up in, you know, the 2000s, 2010s, even the 90s, sometimes there are some movies that can switch around a little bit. So, you know, if you go looking for those now, they may be a little different, but these are very highly rated according to critics and audience members, which is why they're on this list. So just to give you a quick reminder of what medium we were using, to determine what movies were the best of the year. Exactly. And if you are interested, there are some amazing ones on here, and that's what we're going to go through next. Correct. So 
we have our categories just real quick. We have best, worst, new favorites, favorites from each decade, wild ride, favorite black and white, favorite vampire, favorite zombie, favorite Stephen King, five favorite movies from the first half, five favorite from the second half, most important. And then I can't remember if I mentioned we are just our favorite decade in general. Yes. And then overall, we did do other things throughout this year, and we will talk about them quickly. We just, most of what, of the great new stuff we had was in this 100 Years of Horror, but we also did a few hypes. I think we tapped out at seven. We got to do our very first movie review for a screener. That was exciting. Mm-hmm. We had Patreon this year, so we have some new things from that. And we did have a few regular episodes that I did want to talk about in this as well. We had a crazy second year. Yeah. Yeah, it did. We had some growth, which was really cool. And so it, you know, we, we had to record remotely for pretty much all of this year, except for the first, you know, two and a half months, which was a new experience for us. So yeah, but most of this will be focused on this with some things sprinkled in here. So Mm -hmm. yeah, let's, uh, do you want to save the best for last or do you want to start there? I say we just went through the decades. Did you figure out a favorite decade? I don't know. Like I I struggled with it, but I did get one. Yeah, I I actually filled all of these in. There were a few. We seem to mirror or not mirror because <laughs> yeah. things are different, but a lot of these are pretty similar. There's specifically two movies on each one of our bests and favorites that, and that are the same. Consistent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then also, which this is going to be interesting, we both picked the same favorite decade. Oh, did we? We did. No and- way. Yeah. yeah, I was not expecting this to be my favorite decade, but overall, it had the most movies that I loved. Well, I looked at this very analytically, too, before we talk about the favorite decade, because I was looking at every single movie from every decade. And I will say there were movies I liked more in other decades. Yes. Overall, the amount of movies I liked in each decade, the most had in was in this one consistently. So when I look at like all of these movies, I was like, yep, 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 yep. Yeah. And then I would look at other decades and be like, oh, my God, that one was so good. But then when I looked at other movies, I was like, I mean, there were like a couple here and there, but consistently with this decade, which was the 1950s. Yep, absolutely. And starting off, I mean, we already went through it with you, but House by the River. I loved House by the River. This was such a new movie to me, and it was basically Psycho. It was basically Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho before it was Psycho, and it was so good and new. It was a British film, so it was a little foreign to me, not something my American mind had seen over and over again. I loved it. Yeah, I agree. And I, again, the just... The way that the 50s did so well with a lot of the tension building when they did do a very serious Mm -hmm. movie was really well done. I really enjoyed House by the River. That's something that we both consistently really liked throughout some of these like favorites and stuff like that. House Mm -hmm. by the River made it on a couple of things. Keeps popping up. Yep. Yeah. Thing from Another World was really great. It was definitely more of that 50s short film, but it was very good. It brought in a lot of the military aspect that the 50s movies had. The White Reindeer, that was a foreign film for us. So we got to go to Norway, Finland, Sweden. I don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's one of the wintry ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. House of Wax, a Vincent Price classic. Them, that's the one with the giant ants. You may have seen pictures of that. That's that was really good. It was funny, at least. Night of the Hunter was fucking amazing. Okay. Oh, Let's my God. Let's stay on Night of the Hunter. Yeah, yeah. This one is not only 
really well done, but it involves children and children mm-hmm. being hunted by a fucking horrible human being. And there is a heroine character, a strong woman. Oh, she's a badass. Yes, that keeps these children safe, which was just a great, like, she's so, she's, I don't know, it's just, you need to watch that movie. And it even made it onto a couple other places on my list too, because I really like that one so much. Mm-hmm, absolutely. We have Invasion of the Body Snatchers 1955, which was amazing. I did like the 70s remake with Donald Sutherland a little bit more, but this one was still absolutely amazing. And The Incredible Shrinking Man comes after that. And this one also, it was a total surprise to me. It was not what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a gimmicky 50s horror movie about some dude shrinking. And it ended up, the ending was almost like this existential crisis for me or for the someone watching this movie because he vanishes like there's no saving this guy he just shrinks and shrinks and shrinks until he just doesn't exist anymore yeah this one actually I wrestled with putting this one it 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 makes honorable mentions in my best category because I liked this one so much yeah I bet it didn't quite make the top five out of all hundred you know best Mm -hmm. of the movies we watched but it's definitely up there because I kept thinking about the incredible shrinking man when I would think about what were some movies that really stood out to me through these hundred? And I would kept getting images of the incredible shrinking man. I really enjoyed it. It was very, it was very much a drama as well. Talking, you know, he had his wife and his family and their relationship and what was happening in the home with all this mm-hmm. and his psyche. And then like at the end, there's this whole thing about the universe and it's yes. like, <laughs> so, right. yeah, that one really came out of left field. Cause I agree. It's like, okay, he's shrinking, he's shrinking. He battles a tarantula. I, I would enjoy yeah. that too. And so, yeah, that one also came out of left field, but it kept, com- it keeps coming up when I think about all of these mm-hmm. movies. Exactly. That one just, it, it, you're right. It came out of left field, but it was really good. We also have The Fly Next, was, which was also pretty good. It was a Vincent Price movie. Mm-hmm. And if anybody has seen, if anybody has seen The Fly from the 80s, it is the same premise-ish, but this is more 50s cutesy than gross. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it had to entertain a tamer or had to be more tame for the audience that it had so in the 80s we were pushing that envelope of like gore and disgust and getting into the slashers and you know things like that and in the 50s we were still you know getting very we're still very tame and you know and so the fly reflects that but it was still you know still had some disturbing imagery you know for the time Right. It is interesting, though, that we start out with House by the River, Thing from Another World, White Reindeer. Those are all actually fairly serious movies. And then we end the 50s with The Fly, which I'm not saying it's not serious, but you have like a fly head and it's a little more cutesy. And House on Haunted Hill, which is is scary. It is. But it's also it turned it's another Vincent Price movie. And it turns out that Vincent Price is bringing all these people to the house on Haunted Hill. And he's faking the haunting with like these puppeteer fucking skeletons and shit. So it's like we started out serious and they ended with more gimmicky stuff in the 50s. Right, right. Which actually was my first time seeing both House of Wax and House on Haunted Hill for well all of these movies is my first time but most everyone that's like you know like you for example that's been a Vincent Price fan or a horror fan has Mm -hmm. both of those films so one of them actually made it onto my new favorites which yes which you know most people it's like oh well I've that's not 
I've seen that a million times or whatever, but I got to add one of those, which was, which was cool. Actually two from the fifties made it onto my new favorites. So that's why in the fifties, when I looked at that, I was like, okay, well the fifties, you know, <laughs> right. Exactly. There. So, yeah, I, this was really fun to do with you. I'm not saying that I have seen most of these movies because I actually hadn't, but it was fun doing this with you to hear your reaction on some of the ones that I had that are classics, like, like Vincent Price, cause you hadn't really seen him in horror before. So you got to see all these fresh, amazing movies and it was so cool to hear your reactions on them. Yeah, I definitely cornered the market on mid 2000s horror I saw in <laughs> middle school. So that's, you know, where I shine. Now, the, <laughs> I got into some of the older horror, of course, later in life, but I hadn't I haven't made the rounds yet. Well, I guess I have now I'm still working on it because these were only one from each year, of course. But, right. you know, now I have 100 movies under my belt. So, you know, exactly. Look <laughs> at you. Look at you. Yeah, and that's a really cool thing just to say, you know, like mm -hmm. I've seen arguably and you can argue the best horror movie from every decade since major motion picture has been exactly you know, available so or even to watch it evolve like that was the funnest part to me yeah. watching it go from caligari to the shining you know that was always crazy to watch the effects as they grew yeah and then such a compressed time frame because mm -hmm. And even sometimes it would be drastic. And I think we talked about this in an episode specifically. We went from one half of the decade to the other or from one year to the next or from like one year to the next three years. Mm -hmm. The special effects difference, you could tell there was some major breakthrough in technology. And sometimes yeah. it would be very subtle changes through the years, but sometimes it would be very major changes on what was available for special effects. And so that mm -hmm. was really cool to see just going through and, and picking those things out too. Agreed. So let's talk about favorite first half and favorite second half. So these are five films from, you know, the first half, which would be, I think, the 60s forward and the favorite second half, which would be the 70s, you know, to to now. So what was your favorite favorite movies from the first half of these hundred movies? So the first half includes our 20s through our 60s section. So I have Night of the Hunter in 1955. Oh my God, I can't even express how much I love this movie. And in fact, I won't because I'm sure you're going to get an episode and get tired of hearing about it someday. <laughs> <laughs> the Sorcerers in 1967. I really liked this film. This was another weird one. It was definitely odd and it almost ended up on my wild ride that this movie took me on. It was mm -hmm. a Boris Karloff film right before he died and he is... A sorcerer. He, he and his wife are controlling this man to feel younger. And then it, it's, you know, it's the crazy 60s. So it gets, you know, crazy at the end. But I really loved the seeing Boris Karloff in such a role where he is not a monster or anything. He's just an old man who just wants to be young again. And I really liked that simplification of it. The Innocence in 1961, I really liked that one. So if anybody saw The Turning from the beginning of 2019, The Innocence is also from the same story, The Turn of the Screw. And I think this one was done a billion times better. If anybody <laughs> <Yeah>. did <laughs> did watch the one from 2019, rewatch this one from 1961 because it was fucking amazing. My favorite from the first half, I also did The Fly from 1958 because I really liked how different it was. I liked that we were fine. We were still in the fifties. So it was still that pretty glamorous. We were actually in Paris so that the architecture was very beautiful. We have Vincent Price in it. 
fucking love him. And we also have the gimmicky flyness. And I actually think they did a really good job about it. I liked the family dynamic. Just overall, I really appreciated this film. There were obviously, I could give you, you know, Frankenstein, King Kong, but we all know that those are amazing. These mm-hmm. are the new ones to me that I thought were great. Yeah. And my last one for the first half is The Man Who Laughs from 1928. I thought that movie was so beautiful. Oh my God. Yeah. Like it, we had already gone through a few that we, that, most people know about Nosferatu, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Phantom of the Opera. You know, people know a lot of those, at least from nowadays movies. And we reached The Man Who Laughs. And it's just about this little boy who basically his parents are killed and he is hated and tracked down and they slice his mouth open so that he constantly has this laugh, like the Joker. He's like the original Joker. And he ends up with this ragtag team of individuals that take him in he gets a new sister and a new dad and the new sister ends up being the love of his life and he's got to make himself the best for her but in in the background he is this terrifying looking man that everyone just thinks is the circus freak and it's sad and amazing and just watch it it's great yeah it was really good that's actually on my list as well Oh, really? Mm -hmm. So I also have The Man Who Laughs. Looking at the first half of the decade, my decades actually vary and it starts in the 20s. And The Man Who Laughs, we talked quite a bit about this one when we went through the 20s. I actually really liked Faust and The Man Who Laughs from the 20s. I loved that, yeah. So I kind of went back and forth. But The Man Who Laughs is, it's kind of a longer one, especially for the 20s. It's definitely more of that like drama drawn out not in a bad way but you know when you watch a silent film for a long time it can feel Nosferatu personally feels very long to me mm-hmm. because of all yeah. the organ music it's really creative <laughs> but this one is very nuanced and it's a very tragic story and most of them are especially you know talking about horror but this one is it really draws you in right from the beginning and you stay with this this character throughout his entire life and you really become like part of this little family too they do Mm -hmm. such a good job with the storytelling here especially when they don't have audio like you don't have the dialogue to listen to it's a silent film right so the man who laughs made it onto my favorite of the first half and just going in order the decade okay this is not going to surprise you because if you remember when we went through the 30s i would not shut the fuck up about the (laughs) night must fall from 1938 yeah one of my favorites Oh my god! It was an Oscar-nominated film, like amazing movie. One of my favorites that came out of this entire series that we did, Night Must Fall, is about an elderly woman who she's just a bitch. Like she's just, (laughs) (laughs) and she keeps help. Like she has a maid that she is just horrible to. And then this man. This is a very basic summary, and you can go back and listen to it, but very basic summary. This man comes in. He's incredibly manipulative. He's very, he, She just loves him, and she's very wealthy, and so he's taking advantage of that, you know, and he's a fucking serial killer, okay? Mm-hmm. And the maid becomes suspicious of that. He has finds a decapitated head under his bed, all right? Ran- randomly. Just, just randomly. Head, yeah, like in a box. <laughs> you know, the original what's in the box, okay? <laughs> And so now she basically is trying to convince people or either escape from this situation and living in a house with a serial killer. And he's very manipulative. He's very cunning. Mm -hmm. He's very 
scary, but in the ver- a very subtle way. You know, that very, very serial killer, like that very suave. Yes. Very, it's so good and tense and you are fighting for her the whole time and you're like oh my god go go you know it's just Mm -hmm. a great film i just want to mention because you mentioned night must fall night must fall in 1938 and jacques in 1937 we those you won't find on rotten tomatoes by the way we had to manually pick those rotten tomatoes didn't have anything in that section of the 30s they don't have any movies listed so if you want to look up your own we looked up the highest rated horror type movies from those two years to find them and watch night must fall yes you should it's really good going again order just from year my next one favorite first half was house of wax from 1953 for obvious reasons all right amazing yeah my next one in order you already talked about night of the hunter from 1955 so it's just it's got the kids and they're being hunted by this adult man who actually, again, we're going to do a whole episode on this and we've already talked about this movie. So I don't feel like this is spoilery, but yeah. their mother, like it is just such a, a horrible, sad movie. And especially yeah. when you think about the fifties and I'm not saying there weren't like dramas and sad movies and stuff in the fifties. It's, but this is just like, it, it just kind of takes it to a new level where you're watching this and you're like, God damn, dude, geez. Yeah, exactly. Just watch Night of the Hunter because I promise you guys, it's going to be on a lot more lists. I'm already seeing it, looking at it on two others of mine. So yeah, <laughs> you're going to keep hearing it from us. Watch yeah. it. It's amazing. So in my last one, my favorite first half will surprise no one. We've already done a full episode on it. Plus it's on my favorites list all the time. I won't shut the fuck up about it. Rosemary's Baby from 1968. Yeah, absolutely. It. Like it barely made the cut for the first half. Yeah, but. it snuck right in there. I'm trying to do movies that are new to me for these lists. Yeah. So you're not going to really find me putting like Nightmare on Elm Street on any of these or really like Psycho or Get Out. Mm-hmm. We all know those are great movies. Now, I have put them like these things on a few, but I'm trying to do things that are newer to me just throwing that out there. agreed like, like like you and i both said everybody knows that frankenstein's amazing we don't need to tell you that again yeah it, exactly all right so are you done with your first half mm-hmm. okay so moving on to the second half we have the 1970s through the 20 teens and my first one is invasion of the body snatchers 1978 i already mentioned i thought that the original was amazing but I hadn't seen either, and I thought that Donald Sutherland, the whole fu- the whole cast of 78 just killed it. I thought it was amazing. My next one, The Vanishing, 1988. I had been wanting to watch this one for years and just hadn't gotten around to it. This was amazing. The Vanishing is about, it is a foreign film, and this man's girlfriend disappears. And we find out that she was killed by a serial killer. And it ends up that these two end up in the same car together. And he's basically telling this man the story of how he killed her. And this guy is fine with that as long as he can go find, as long as he can find everything out. And it ends up that he ends up getting killed by the ki- the killer. Like, that's what happens. Yeah. yeah. That's sad. It's but amazing. Sad. It's really good. Yeah. My next one, The Devil's Backbone. I mean, Guillermo del Toro, can you do any better? Uh, Devil's Backbone 2001, it's about all these orphaned boys from the Spanish War. And there's a ghost story in the background of this little boy. And it's it's very del Toro in the fact that 
you don't really get a good ending, sadly. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, end up with, I think, about five of the kids survive, but the whole place blows up, stuff like that, and they're walking out into the desert alone. It's awful. Like, it's yeah. very, very good. But, like, when I tell you, I just was, like, Cried. up late <laughs> at night. I think Brad was asleep to me, asleep next to me in bed, and I was trying not to, like, wake him up. I was, like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like, exactly. Crying. And I don't think I've watched a Del Toro and not just sobbed. Like, I've right? you know like how do you exactly it? i don't know you're gonna get perfection from him but you're also gonna fucking cry like we, we got a we got a few of his on this list too that i had mm-hmm. never seen like chronos was really fucking good you're also gonna cry in that poor little grandpa oh my god yeah <laughs> but my next favorite for the second half attack the block from 2011 mm-hmm. I don't know where I missed this. It just skated under my radar, it seemed, because I was watching horror hardcore in that time frame, and I I just freaking missed it. So Attack the Block is about an alien invasion, and these kids are defending their neighborhood, their block that's being attacked by these aliens from it. And it's just so sweet. They band together. It's done so well. I don't know. It was something so new, and it is from the same comedians as Shaun of the Dead and stuff like that. So we get some jokes in it, but it's not overwhelming. I loved it. And it's got John Boyega in it. And this was pre-Star Wars. And you really, this is, you know, a British film and he is from the UK. So you get to see him pre-Star Wars fame. And he's actually been kind of vocal about Star Wars and that experience. And he's grateful for the opportunity. But, you know, it you'll have to look it up but it was nice seeing him in something else because to get exposure to his acting he did a great job mm-hmm. in this, which i'm not surprised but when you have only seen him as finn from star wars it's right. really nice to see other actors when you don't have them in your head as one specific thing because now i got to see him in this too so it just kind of breaks that mold a little bit too yeah you can see that he can act in more than just adventure and sci-fi it's very serious yeah yes and my last one for the second half is the dead zone from 1983 now i had heard about this movie for years and it was on my list to eventually down the line watch and i say eventually down the line because this is a stephen king book and as y'all know i don't particularly like stephen king now this one did come out and surprise me i enjoyed the hell out of this movie i thought it was amazing y'all know how i feel about snowy landscapes and about beautiful location settings and this had all of that it's snowy the whole time he lives in this beautiful cute little farmhouse he also is he gets in an accident and now he can see the future and he sees that Martin Sheen is going to be the president someday and he is going to be pushing the big red button that nobody wants him to push and this movie is about him trying to take him down and he ends up dying in the process yeah I really enjoyed that movie too it didn't make it onto my favorite but there were definitely like all pretty much all the ones that you said were like right there in my also mm-hmm. like like you also up. liked them yeah, yeah. Like, the only reason they didn't make it was because there were ones where i was like i think about these more or yeah there are ones that like just stuck with me maybe on a more emotional level too yeah that's really the only reason they're also not on the list okay well what'd you come up with then i'm excited so going in again year orders the vanishing from 1988 i also have on my list it it was just 
it was a great movie. It really yeah. kept you tense the whole time, especially mm-hmm. with the killer and what he was doing. And you as the viewer, like, you know, these things and you're just really in into it the whole time. I don't. And I also love, like, we have talked several times about like finding more, I, I never heard of this foreign horror for, and especially from the eighties. Like why hadn't I ever heard of this, you know? Right. So, trying to branch out into, into things, you know, <laughs> so, Every other single one on my list is a newer film, and that was an accident, <laughs> but the next one is The Devil's Backbone. You already talked about mm-hmm. this. Anytime, except with the exception of Kronos, which was very good, but it just didn't do it the same as all the other Del Toro films have for me. Mm-hmm. Anytime there's a Del Toro film, though, I'm probably going to just fawn over it. I accidentally watched The Orphanage. <laughs> for this and also just sobbed just killed you just absolutely destroyed me (laughs) (laughs) but you already talked about that that one is just stunning beautiful tragic you need to Mm -hmm. watch it it's also creepy like it is but like a really good the next one on my list is the host from 2007 Oh, that was so good. Yeah, really yeah. good. At first, I wasn't really that into it. I really don't ever feel like watching monster movies. That's not mm-hmm. something where I'm like, Ugh. you know, there's like a, it's just like a sea creature type movie. Agreed. And I was kind of upset it made the list. I was like, can we not? But it was amazing. Exactly. And when I saw like the, all the reviews and everything, but then when I saw the cover and the trailer, I was like, I don't mm-hmm. want to watch a sea monster movie, but the storytelling and the family and that's like the sea monster yes it's good i love the, the family yes the, so good yeah the family's great the effects are good the humor is good but then when it's it's serious it's serious and yes. it really takes you through an emotional roller coaster and it really rips you into shreds by the end my next one, it, well, this was not my first time seeing it, but I just couldn't get away from it because I kept coming back to it. I tried to not put it on the list, but I just can't not. It is Let the Right One In from 2008. I didn't realize how much I loved this film until we did the episode on it. Really? Oh, that makes me so happy. I love when that happens. Yeah. I mean, I knew that I liked this movie because I watched it years and years ago. I didn't really ever rewatch it. And then when we rewatched it this year, I was like, God damn, I love this movie. Like, <laughs> I, I think it is stunning. I think that the script is so well done. I think that the actors did such a good job. There's just not enough good things I can say about this film. It's definitely, I think, out of five out of five for me. So it got my favorite from the second half. The last one should surprise no one. (laughs) Also emotionally destroyed me. I like getting just fucking wrecked emotionally. (laughs) Uh, Tigers are not afraid from 2019. Yeah, I figured that was going to be your number one. Yeah, it's very different. It's it's a Shutter original, so it should be on Shutter forever if you would like to watch it. We did a whole episode on it last year, which was a garbage quality. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Mic failure that we didn't know about until it was too late, and we did like six hours of audio, but... We tried to give you a little bit more on yeah. the wrap-up, though. Yeah. yeah, we did. And for this, I think we did kind of pretty much its own mini-review when we, yeah. we went and revisited this. But, yeah, I just, you know, I've had people watch this, and I've gotten pretty similar experiences from all of them. I think it's emotionally wrecked me more than it has more than other people that I've had watch. But I also think if you just really sit and sit with this movie, I don't know how it doesn't just just completely yeah. destroy you. Also done by a woman director writing mm-hmm. from experiences that are not 
far off from the truth. So yeah. it's not, we're going to, we have another category coming up here in a little bit that we'll talk about this one again, but yeah, those are, that's, that's my pin favorite from the, the first and second half, but not necessarily the best. Right. Exactly. And like we've said a billion times, I'm probably, I'm pretty sure I probably would have chosen house of wax to be on my favorite, you know, stuff like that. So exactly. yeah, a little yeah. bit different. Yeah. So I'm going to choose, let's talk about the movies that took us on a wild ride. Oh, I knew you were going to go there actually <laughs> over there. Yep. Okay. Perfect. Cause that was the most fun to me is going through this to see amazing movies. Great. Is that fun? Of course it is. But I also want to be put through something and I was for a few of them and my very drugs is that (laughs) right exactly and of course most of that was in the 70s but you know these are the things that took me on an emotional ride it it could be good bad sad whatever so my very first one is Valerie and her week of wonders from 1970 dude this movie was fucking crazy okay so we had no idea what we were going into we had gone through we were through the 60s this was 1970 they were talking at this point this is a silent film Mm -hmm. that is foreign so it's not even i'm not saying that i don't understand what they're saying but things are a little different with foreign silent films and then they're even more different when we are in a dreamland and we don't know half of what they're talking about yeah i still don't know (laughs) maybe to be perfectly yes exactly i really want to do a full episode someday on this because i think we need like to delve into it because this movie was so insane it does not fit in with our 40 minutes for you know five movies or 10 movies thing it does not work out because there's so much to talk about like it's kind of a vampire movie but kind of not and she's like going through her she's menstruating now and she's going through puberty and it's all about that but it's all symbolically about that there's so much to pull apart in this movie because there's so much symbology in it and i i don't even know what to say it's just a crazy wild ride of a fucking movie i would love for specifically someone that was a philosophy major minoring in women's <laughs> studies to watch this come right. on and talk about it with us i want to know what you think because this is like it it's also just had the reason it's also on my list because it can't not be i think this is the number one wild ride that we went on and not especially for you and brad yeah well (laughs) i was like come watch a movie with me and he was like yeah i'll watch a movie with you this tonight because he usually doesn't watch movies with me because he doesn't like horror which is totally fine we you know that's kind of when he gets his video game nights and i get my movie nights and it works out because spouses need different hobbies and things to do you know and well he picked this night and <laughs> watch a movie with me and i was like i you know that like secondhand awkwardness you get with it. i'm so sorry i don't you know you should just thing. leave yeah, I just, just, just try this again i mean we probably have a better one coming up like you know last house on the left and don't look now and texas chainsaw those are all coming so you know <laughs> right jeez yeah that and, and and even when i say like feel like you're on drugs like even just the colors and the music like yes (laughs) so weird but cool like i'm not even mad about potentially doing another episode about it someday i gotta watch this movie again and see what the fuck is going on (laughs) i gotta get another taste (laughs) (laughs) my next one is spirits of the dead from 1969 and this was a wild ride not because i had fun with it at all 
<laughs> I hated this fucking film. So Spirits of the Dead is actually three Edgar Allan Poe stories. Like, it's Edgar Allan Poe. That's fucking amazing. Do something great with it. They didn't. They brought on Jane Fonda, who dresses like a fucking slut. They brought in crazy Italian bright lights and sounds and colors and a Ferrari. And <laughs> they... There's one story in it that I liked right in the middle, and it was kind of like ho-hum even. It was about this guy who he has a good and a bad part, basically, that are split from each other. And then he ends up killing himself. That was kind of interesting. But the yeah. other two stories, wow, they fucking sucked. And like, just to clarify, I don't give a shit how women dress, but the only reason she is because her like that is because could like yeah it didn't do anything for the story yeah like yeah. she could walk around naked if it did something for the story and i'd be into it but like it just didn't like i don't know yeah. it, it i yeah I, for, I honestly forgot about this movie until i kept seeing it on your words and i was like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. yeah next wild ride devil's backbone i'm gonna bring it up again and yeah. not because it was bad because it was so fucking amazing and so sad like it fucked me up emotionally like pan's labyrinth did like del toro does he just fucks you up and it did i that's one of those that i i think would be a great book but i almost think like you know i don't think it could get in because you know usually you think well if you have like you know let's say 500 pages to read something it'll mess you up more emotionally than just an hour and a half movie or two hour movie i don't know man like del toro was so effective like pan's labyrinth made my brother go outside and throw up yeah, that's gross. Yeah. Well, he is very affected, I guess. <laughs> He's just so good at what he does. And I, yeah. this is kind of my first year, year since we started this podcast, really diving into Del Toro. And he is just, I keep looking for this. There's this very, very expensive box set of his works. And I can't get my hands on it. So if you find it, send it to me. But. <laughs> My next one is The Abominable Dr. Phoebes from 1971. This was a wild ride, and I'm not even saying I didn't enjoy it, but it was crazy. It was Vincent Price. It was very 70s, technicolor, craziness. The part that I was frustrated with is the fact that it was a little samey with House of Wax and the fact that he has a different face. But the difference is this was kind of cool and especially in a time frame like we've had some we've talked about it with the unborn and possession I think it's called where bringing in Jewish stuff into horror which is a little different you know we have so much about exorcism in the Catholic religion this is kind of different so this one is all about I think it's the 10 plagues of Egypt through Jewish eyes so it's not Oh my God, this is hard to explain. It's not like you're going to see a bunch of locusts, but there was like a way that he killed people with rats. It was like, almost like Dexter. If anybody has seen the season that Amanda has mentioned before, where he kills people by religious reasons that way, it's that. It's like a ritualistic killing of all these people that couldn't save his wife. He's just killing these doctors and stuff. His wife got in an accident and she died. Now he's killing all of them. That was pretty interesting. And he gets fucking away with it. Yeah. And it did exactly remind me of that episode of Dexter. That's I think I mentioned that when we were talking about it. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, it's those, it's those killings like that killer. Because that was my favorite. 
season of Dexter. So right, exactly. You know, made me think of that. And, you know, it makes sense too, because from what I understand, and but the Old Testament in and I'm Protestant, so not Catholic, like you were raised Catholic, but the Old Testament for Christians and Jewish is pretty much the same. So very, very similar as far as the plagues go, which is mm-hmm. why a lot of it's the same, mm-hmm. but just a few little things in there that are just a little bit different, which yeah. is interesting. And there's like funny, quirky stuff. Like one guy, he's supposed to be killed by beasts. So Vincent Price skewers him to a wall with a unicorn statue. And then they you can see them on the other side of the wall trying to figure out how to get this guy down. And they end up unscrewing him because, you know, like unicorns have the... Uh, it was so fucking yeah. funny and oh my god I don't know it was so weird but so great and my last one also weird but also fucking amazing Santa Sangre from 1989 mm-hmm. this movie was fucking crazy so <laughs> it was basically about a little boy who grew up in the circus and his parents die and you end up going back and forth from when he was younger to now he's older and he's in a mental institution and his mom breaks him out he goes on like vaudeville tours with her and stuff they're like this great pair because his mom no longer has any arms so he is her arms and then it ends up as like a norman bates thing where he has she's not actually alive he has been pretending his mom's been alive and he's been doing this terrible killings on her behalf yeah this is also on my list and wow (laughs) yeah the abominable dr phoebes is as well so three out of five of these we aligned on and wow so (laughs) this one i actually when we first watched it i was like what but honestly i it was i it was really good I didn't really think that I was going to like it that much. And even when I stopped watching it, I was like, I don't know what I think. Yeah. And then when I sat on it for a while, I was like, okay, yeah, no, I liked that. I really liked right. it. And because it, it's, it's another one of those, though we have a theme here, those <laughs> tragic stories where he yeah. was also like, he's so mentally unstable and in an institution because he was also so abused, like so traumatized. His father is just a terrible human being. Mm-hmm. Like witnessed his mother just being like the worst kind of abused. Like it's just a terrible, terrible, horrible story. And then you have this woman that we bring in that he loves, and it's it's just watch it, but also just know what you're getting into. <laughs> I think it's not one that like if you have someone that doesn't like weird, strange movies or you're around kids, like this is not yeah don't don't do that (laughs) there's a lot of really dark shit in this movie and it can be a little triggering but there's some sex stuff that it that's a very gray area on if it's consensual so yeah just throwing that out there but yeah super wild ride though you're right (laughs) especially like what adds to the wild ride it actually for me was looking into the director because the director is freaking crazy he just picks something up and decides to do it one day and he just does it amazingly like he just randomly picks up a movie and oh my god it's up for an oscar or he randomly he's never done a movie before in his life and he does santa sangre and it makes our best of horror for the whole year like are you kidding me that's amazing and he has a list of things that he does that are like i don't know he's got 20 things on his wikipedia page that he just picks up and does amazingly 
This guy's crazy. His whole family's like that. They're crazy. It's awesome. It's also weird because it's 89, but it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like 89 for some reason. It feels older, but I think yeah. it's just like the trippy vibes kind of give you that like 60s, 70s feel. It's not about the effects or the filming or anything. I think it just feels because you feel so like, I don't know, like you're, it just feels very, it feels older to me. I don't know why. Yeah. Well, it's also probably because most of the time we are in the lower income part of town. So it's not like they're upgrading anything either. Like this stuff has right. been there. I mean, we start out, Santa Sangre is actually a church. And this church is basically made of random pieces of metal and stuff that they could find. So there's a lot of that around. Mm-hmm. So it looks a lot older than maybe it actually is. So the two differences that I have on my list, the first one, it's more of a wild ride because of the length and some of the set design but quite on yes 1964 this is a japanese film and i think it is the first japanese film to make it onto the list certainly not the last but i'm pretty sure it was the first yeah and most of the rest of the japanese films came in the 2000s but at least on this list yeah but quite on is an i think it's an anthology is the correct mm-hmm. term so there are three different stories you get here and if you there are some versions of this film that you can find that are cut down to even i think as small as like two hours and like 15 minutes the full version is about three hours maybe a little bit longer by some minutes i was not prepared first of all <laughs> when i went into watching this movie it is a good it's a good movie i will say you need to be prepared because otherwise it can lose your attention. Yeah. If you go in prepared to watch three different films, basically, then you'll be all right. If you go <laughs> in thinking you're going to watch one movie and then it's three hours, you're not going to be okay. I had to sit down and try to watch this twice because I just was not in the right headspace and I wanted to give it a fair review. The reason that I put it on here for Wild Ride is because they actually hand painted a lot of these sets and Mm -hmm. they were really really detailed and intricate on a lot of these set designs and obviously from a japanese cultural standpoint their ghost stories are fucking wild so (laughs) yeah it's just it was different from anything in this era so that's why i threw it on my wild ride my second one I don't think this will all it surprise anyone also, but I think that most people had seen this and don't really think about it anymore as being a wild ride. Suspiria from 1977. No, fucking crazy ride. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> you are right. You are completely right. I, I agree. I think that people look at it and go, it's a classic. It's fine. You're right. I had never seen it before and I need to watch it again because <laughs> I don't, I still am like not a hundred percent like what happened i still don't know like i yeah i know like i know but i do i know (laughs) and mostly all i see in my head are like pinks and like bright red and yeah yeah. like colors so many colors yeah yeah and it it's like the it just screams very 70s to me but it's a, a it's foreign so it's not the same because over here we were doing a lot of slashers you know we were like and and this is this is bloody i'm not saying but it's different it's it's artistic it's art house it's i'm not gonna say pretentious but like you know what i'm saying though right it's italian horror so it's very bloody very gruesome 
mm-hmm. yeah and woo man there's a lot of <laughs> like, like if you've seen it you know but and I did not see the remake and so I'm kind of I kind of want to sit down and watch the 1977 one and immediately watch yeah. the remake because how do you even who sits down one day and is like you know what I want to remake <laughs> that just yeah. seems like something that I am gonna do like that i just somebody sat down and got high and went i'm gonna remake suspiria well, they watched it in the 70s and they just haven't stopped watching it since. They're <laughs> right. completely obsessed with this and they're like i have to do it like right. i don't understand why you would ever want to. not that it's bad i know not, but like why you would ever want to do that as an undertaking yeah one because of the expectations on you like yes it's kind of like how we keep going back and forth with this whole exorcist remake thing are you gonna do it blumhouse or are you right. not decide i know because just last week they said no and then they said yes so like yeah, i don't exactly know <laughs> but that aside the expectation on you by mm-hmm. the fans by the community love susperia love exactly and also just to match the energy of the first one yes i don't know just you're not in the same decade anymore so i don't know if it can be matched even if you right. want to just because you have better effects now there's something about that though you know that that's hard to to recreate so i don't know but it was crazy it's i agree up. i haven't watched the new one yet i'm very interested but i don't know because i don't particularly like suspiria so it's like i i have to get myself over the fact that i don't like suspiria to watch the new one i didn't it's not one of my favorites and i think we talked about this it's just not my it's just not my thing but mm-hmm. it's definitely like it has its place i definitely yes. see why it's beloved i i totally get it it's just like when i think about movies that i love especially from the 70s suspiria does not i want to be that bitch you know that right really, like, i love suspiria i don't but <laughs> i also just watched it for the first time this year so maybe if i was in a different headspace and went at it again i could be like oh because sometimes that happens like i've watched a movie more than once and been like oh, okay yeah i get it yeah exactly oh i'll try it again i will <laughs> i'm proud of you this was my second time watching it and i did like it more than the first time so you know maybe I keep going it just moves up the scale <laughs> right exactly all right your pick well right next to that is favorite black and white so if you just want to keep Ooh. going on that list yeah so i guess since i'm we, we have kept going in the theme so you go first i can't fuck with that because now we have a pattern <laughs> okay all right so favorite black and white so first one on this list house by the river i've already told you guys i love it it's basically psycho a decade earlier so good i obviously could put on black and whites that i adore once again frankenstein stuff like that it's not gonna happen these are the new ones that were introduced to me this year that i fell in love with house by the river the white reindeer oh my god i love that film i don't know when i'm gonna be able to like watch it again because there's so much stuff that we do and it's foreign so i have to like stare at the screen but i really loved it it was so cute seeing a foreign horror that that that's that old and i loved the the snowy and the reindeer and all of that it was great it was such a good christmasy movie too yeah once again night of the hunter i'm not even gonna keep going night of the hunter King Kong, 1933. I had actually never seen this movie before, and I'm so thankful I have now because it was so good. Racism aside, I get it, but it also was a different time, and I'm sorry, I know people are tired of hearing about that as well, but as a film, 
so good. Oh my God, I loved it. And I found out recently, this is just in my Netflix documentary weird search. I found out recently that there's this amazing artist that now I'm in love with his work and he actually did the stuff for King Kong. Like he did the sets and stuff for it, all the the beautiful plants and the scenery. And I was like, oh my God, dude. So that was pretty cool. like one somebody that you just have like didn't just randomly like and you didn't know yeah he they have a netflix documentary right now about an artist i can't i'm sorry you guys it's a very polish name though and he's a big one on bringing poles back to themselves so if anybody wants to do that research he can that can probably get you to his name if you're interested but he did do all that background information and he didn't even care he was like oh yeah i don't know i did some ape movie and the guys were like do you mean king kong and he's like oh yeah that was it and yeah yeah, yeah, just whatever it's all right whatever and my last one is the man who laughs again it was an amazing movie i i'm glad to have it on my list so Again, there's probably not going to be a ton of talking about this one. So mine are 1928, The Man Who Laughs. Mm-hmm. We've already talked about that one. 1938, Night Must Fall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 1950, House by the River. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we already talked about that one. <laughs> and guess what's 1955? Night of the Hunter. No way. <laughs> no way. I know. And actually, 19. my last one here is Psycho from 1960. So, ah, yeah. Yeah. So a different one, but you guys don't need me to talk about Psycho. You know Psycho. (laughs) Like you said, House of the River and Psycho are very similar. If Alfred Hitchcock said he didn't take some things from House of the River, I think he'd be a fucking liar. Now, he would never admit to it. Yeah. He'd be like, this is completely original. You will, I would have never taken anything from anybody. I don't know like, if he ever said he was influenced by anything. But if he said he wasn't, it wouldn't surprise me because he's kind of an asshole. Right. He's, not, he's, not kind of, he, he's a huge, major fucking dickhead. But if he was influenced by any film, and I just had to guess, House by the River is Has very, to be. It was yeah. a book and it was British. He's British. <laughs> okay. I, Correct. And it was a big film. Like, yeah. This was a big production. So, <laughs> Alfred, I see you. Uh, not, not to take away from Psycho at all. It was right. it's classic. It's still amazing. Wonderful. But, yeah, House by the River did it first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, we still have some more sections that'll be kind of fun, but let's just finally get around to our best and worst. So, my five best from what, I, what we did, all these hundred movies, Devil's Backbone, Night of the Hunter, Attack the Block, Dead Zone, The Vanishing. I don't think anybody is surprised <laughs> any of those just ended yeah. up on there. And you know, it's funny. We have all these hundred movies. We've talked about the same like eight. <laughs> yes, exactly. There's a reason though. Like you watch a hundred movies again, like I mentioned in the beginning, I don't remember some of them because yeah, they right. were not, they didn't stick with Okay. Yeah. Cat in the Carry. Watched- I don't really remember that one. We watched a hundred mo- these hundred <laughs> movies plus all the regular episodes, which yes. was like how many fifty two, you know, yeah. plus you know we had seven hype episodes. I mean, this is a lot of fucking films. Yeah, we you did guys. a lot. <laughs> I don't remember some of them because they were just like, okay, got to group, group this in with these five. So tonight I need to watch two movies, and tomorrow I need to watch three. It's just like there's a lot of fucking movies, right? So, and not all of them are good either. So don't don't hate us like we're not paying attention. I promise you that there are some on here that are not up to snuff with Devil's Backbone, like they were. 
Yeah, I mean, they were good for somebody, but, you know, might not, yeah. might not have been us. And obviously, we have similar tastes, which is why we watch horror movies together. But I promise you, these keep falling in on our best list because they were that good. So, yeah. my best lists. Okay. Ready. 1938, Night Must Fall. Shocking, I know. <laughs> 1955, Night of the Hunter. Mm-hmm. 1968, Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. 2001, The Devil's Backbone. Mm-hmm. And 2019, Tigers Are Not Afraid. Yep. I'm not surprised. That is my five best of these 100 years. Now, there were a lot of honorable mentions, like yes. The Incredible Shrinking Man, House of Wax. I mean, these are not, this is not all-encompassing. Again, Psycho, The Birds. Like, we've talked about yes. how much we love The Birds. Faust from 1926. I mean, I could go on. I could go, I could pick, like, at least two movies. Well, not from every decade. The 40s got a little hairy to me. Right. Um, <laughs> it was probably my least favorite the decade. Man, like, that was good. But other than that. I really like Wolfman. I I walked with a zombie was actually pretty interesting to me that one stuck out to me and i thought abbott and costello meet frankenstein was funny it was yeah. more like the stooges kind of funny less right exactly so i probably wouldn't put it up there with a horror list but since there's frankenstein that's why it made the list you know but you guys also don't need you know to know that chainsaw massacre jaws carry yeah uh, alien like shining the, those things we know and we've done episodes on and of course i could put those in a best list but that wouldn't be anything new to talk about and that wouldn't be anything exciting right exactly so now let's move on to something that is going to be a little more different you haven't heard most of these tiles before the worst so the worst stuff from everything that we saw or everything i saw in this my very first one is vampire from 1932 and i really wanted to like this film especially because it was black and white and especially because it's old and that's just that's just me i'm that person i love black and white old movies this movie made me fall asleep twice it took me a couple times to finish it and it was only like an hour long it was that boring yeah 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 I also have that on my worst list. Yeah. I so actually our worst lists are fairly similar. Are as well. they? So yeah. <laughs> I differed, I think, maybe once. Oh my so, goodness. We just like yeah. follow each other and everything. That's hilarious. Yeah. And I swear to God, I tried. I, <laughs> I looked at your list and I was like, okay, I'm gonna try to do all these different things, but it's hard because you're right. I mean, yeah. when and when I say I mean like I could not like really pay attention or mm -hmm. I just really didn't like them so it's it yeah 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 exactly like the next one I've already told you guys it was a wild ride not in a good way spirits of the dead 1969 hated that film will never watch it again oh my god I can't believe I wasted my time the first time but I did it for you guys and don't watch it <laughs> next one is repulsion I hated that one as well so that was a Roman Polanski film so it should be amazing and I give it I guess that clout because he's an amazing director, but he's also a piece of shit. So it's like, I don't know what to do with that. But, you know, Rosemary's Baby is this amazing film. I was incredibly bored with Repulsion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dead Alive, 1993. I was, I understand that this film has a cult following and I get that if this is your film to each their own. I don't even have a problem with that. This is just not my type of film. It was gross like overall it is all about melting exploding claymation type zombie creatures it's disgusting cool like amazing effects good job you guys but gross yeah yeah and then my last one uh, is the last one is the worst of the worst because i was so disappointed i 
put down the Queen of Spades 1949 because I'm so disappointed in this because when we originally put this on the list, I looked into it. I saw it on the 100 years. I was very excited because this movie has been remade 10 times, a plethora of times because people love this story so much and this was supposed to be the best rendition. I was so fucking excited and I thought it was going to be about the queen the queen of spades i thought it was going to be about her and her pact with the devil and instead it ends up as a man who wants what she has and her teaching him and then him fucking it all up yeah yeah so disappointed yeah so my worst list there were okay I agree with you on Vampire Vampire from 1932, Spirits of the Dead 1969. Dead Alive I also kept on this list. And I, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say something and I'm going to need you not to leave a one-star review, okay? (laughs) I also don't really like Evil Dead. So it very much reminded me of Evil Dead. Exactly. Uh, I I don't like Evil Dead either. You guys know that. And it felt exactly like that. And so that one was up there too. Okay. Now, the the Queen of Spades thing. I totally get why you don't like it. Now, here are some, some things. When I was going through this, there was a whole list of movies that I didn't remember. It was really difficult for me to pick a worst, another worst movie because there are so many of these that I don't remember. So I don't remember Scared to Death. Yeah, me neither. Um, I don't remember that. I don't really remember. I remember a few things here and there about like a lot of from the 40s. I don't. Yeah, Dead of Night. I don't really remember that one. Dead of Night. Don't really remember that one. Beast with Five Fingers, like kind of barely. And so I, I don't really want to say those are the worst, but they, I don't remember them. Mm -hmm. So I would say those three right there, just didn't really stick with me. Now, this made. (laughs) Here's my worst. Here's one of the worst spots there where we differed, and people might come for me for this one. (laughs) Two thousand two, The Ring hate it i hate it hate it i hate it hate it and i didn't realize how much i hated it until (laughs) i was looking at this and i had to pick a worst and i was going through all these decades and i was like you know what fuck that movie (laughs) i really don't like it and look we reviewed this movie it was one of our actually very first reviews i think it was in the first few months of the podcast and we were talking about it and I remember I was going through it. I remember we were at your house specifically. I remember this whole experience. We had Slurpees <laughs> that day. I remember, okay. And I remember going, as we were going through it, just realizing, like, I don't like this movie. Ringu, fine. Yeah. Agreed. But I liked Ringu. That was good. Yes. The Ring. I just, I don't know. Like, it, it was a, almost a shot for shot. Mm-hmm. And it just did not do it well enough, in my opinion, where it was needed. I don't necessarily hold like this major opinion of the audacity of the American remakes, because I think that, unfortunately, American audiences, English speakers aren't going to take a ton of time or or there isn't the marketing reach 
or the money budget reach to get to the American audiences. It's not like we got Ringu in theaters here. So that's a lot. Some of this is not our fault either, because you really have to go searching for some foreign films to find them as we are also finding out, you know, because, you know, we are looking for spoiler for some whatever it's the end of the year it's the end of the year so next year instead of doing the 100 years of horror we're gonna do another series with you guys and we're gonna do foreign horror each month ish will probably be a different country that we'll do for you guys exactly so it's some of these are like five out of five you know 98 percent and i'm like why the fuck haven't i heard of this so it's not even the fact that we are not we're like too spoiled to go looking sometimes it just doesn't make it to our market so i'm not even of that opinion of like the audacity of them to remake ringu because we may just not have gotten it from the 90s you know Mm -hmm. i just didn't i just don't like it i just just don't fucking and it may have just been a product of the 2000s there or just that blue filter Mm -hmm. and some of the acting and i guess the acting i don't know i just really don't like it I don't really have that much productive criticism like that. I just don't. I just don't fucking like it. No, I agree. You and I tend to be on the same with that. I don't hate it as much as you seem to, but I don't like Ringu either, or Ring the Ring either. And part of that is because actually, Ringu is on this list. It made best of, and so did its remake in America. That's kind of disappointing. There's no other films that were better than The Ring. Well, I feel like there is, though, because I think yeah. we talked about this. There were some things. Let, well, okay, well, let's just see. Because, you know, uh, 20... Mm, uh, the Grudge came out that year. The Grudge was okay. better. I think so, too, but everybody hates The Grudge. Everyone thinks that I'm a baby for being afraid of it. So okay, I guess people well. hate it. Okay, why didn't Signs make it? Why didn't Signs make it? That's why my question. Okay, that's it? what I remember. That's what I remember. Yeah, because we looked at it last time because we were pissed about the ring. So yeah, Signs? Are you fucking kidding me? Come on, guys. Go rate Signs higher on yeah. Rotten And it may be now because, again, this was a this is a fluid list. But that's – I remember being super mad about Okay, I, it's <laughs> coming back to me now. The rage is back. <laughs> the rage. The rage about the ring. Signs is better, 2002. But, yeah, that's – and that is horror. Like, if that's not scary to you – I don't know, like, that scared the shit out of me as a child, so I don't know. <laughs> Still scary. Yeah, no, totally, absolutely agree. Well, and obviously you know that the grudge scares the fuck out of me, so both of those are better. Yeah, I agree. So to go along with this, this will probably be a quick rundown for you guys, because you've heard most of these movie <laughs> titles a few times. The new favorites for me this year that I got to find on this list, The Vanishing, Attack the Block, Bram Stoker's Dracula, 1992. I know you haven't heard that title yet. I really, really enjoyed it. it had Gary Oldman in it, and he's got this. Winona. <laughs> yes, and Winona writer, and he's got this really cool like muscle armor on. I don't know. It was re- it was awesome, and the fact that they end up together in the end, kind of. He dies, but they try to end up together instead of you know Mina, you know coming to her senses and leaving Dracula. No, she loves him, and I love that idea. Uh, the Devil's Backbone and Night of the Hunter, my new faves. Yeah, not shocking. Night Must Fall, nineteen thirty-eight. Yeah. House of Wax, nineteen fifty-three. Yeah, yeah. So that's a little different. I know that that's not a different movie, but you right know. for you. Yeah, Night of the Hunter, nineteen fifty-five. Mm-hmm. Devil's Backbone, two thousand one. Mm-hmm. And I have one out of left field. Are you ready? <gasps> I'm so ready. I'm excited. The Descent, two thousand six. <laughs> yes. Okay, I just freaked out. I hit my mic and everything. I'm so excited. Yeah. As y'all know, I love The Descent. Okay. (laughs) And yeah, that was my first time seeing it. And 
we did an episode about it and it made it into this list. And I, you know, I've been hearing about that for years and I thought it was a really effective film. And I was going through this and I was like, all right, we talked about the best. I don't want to just copy and paste my bests yeah. over. So I was looking through this and I was like, oh, I really enjoyed the descent. I'm going to throw that up there. And the host was another honorable mention mm -hmm. made it up there. And but the 2010s also attacked the block. Really enjoyed that one. All the other ones I had seen a bajillion times. I would also say, I forgot I wanted to mention, I want to put It Follows as an honorable mention as a best. Mm -hmm. I don't think that movie, I, I think it gets enough clout in the horror community, like yeah. among the people that have seen it, but that movie needs more clout. Agreed. Really good. So we did kind of a little cutesy section because we had, I mean, we went through a hundred movies. We had so many vampire movies and zombie ones Stephen King was on here a few times so I decided to do something fun and my favorite vampire movie of the whole list was Bram Stoker's Dracula 1992 I already told you guys I fucking loved it do you also have a same. favorite same yeah, no, it was that one, I mean other than like Dracula from the 30s which didn't make it on this yeah. list, surprisingly that would only have only been the counter to this one but it wasn't even on the list so I also did enjoy the one from the 60s the Dracula from the 60s, actually, which yeah. was Dracula Prince of Darkness from 66. I did enjoy that one. Mm -hmm. But Bram Stoker's Dracula from the 90s, it just had all the like 90s romance drama you could <laughs> ever want. With, yes, like, with beautiful people. Oh my God, Gary yeah. Oldman. Yes. And, like the fawning. And I just, it was yes. just so, yeah. <laughs> it's like if you were to write a romance novel and pop it on screen, like yes. it's, it's very like vampire romance novel, but with like, <laughs> Winona Ryder and Gary Oldman and like it just yeah it was good right and really quick just to give you guys a rundown of some of the others that we got to watch this year we got to watch Nosferatu we had that a vampire which was kind of a vampire but kind of not we had Kronos that was amazing that that is an honorable mention for me amazing amazing vampire movie Guillermo del Toro watch it what else did we watch oh Very obviously let the right one in let me in Vampires. Yeah, I, the only reason that's not my favorite vampire movie is because I it, it's obviously like one of my favorite movies of all time. So I do actually enjoy Let the Right One In more than I enjoy Bram Stoker's Dracula as a film. But like Bram, like again, <laughs> if you want to watch this is a different Dracula because it does have the wild romance yes. side and it's got this entanglement thing that we didn't get from any other film in any other category because yeah and sometimes sometimes you just need you just need it like <laughs> watching a rom-com with with a horror aspect exactly you know? exactly and that's where vampires really come in clutch yeah, exactly. But there's nothing comedic about this movie. But you know what no. I mean. <laughs> Next, favorite zombie movie. So mine, Shaun of the Dead, 2004. Amazing. But we did watch a lot of them. Yeah, I 28 Days Later. Oh, really? 28 mm -hmm. Days Later. Really nice. like 28 Days Later and the 28 Weeks Later films. I almost actually put I Walked with a Zombie here, but it's a little different. And there yeah. were aspects to that culturally that I didn't like again I know it was a different time but I just it's hard to you know but I actually that movie has stayed with me especially when the 40s were so insignificant as far as like things that mm -hmm. I didn't like about it yeah that sounds rough but you know it's just <laughs> what it is so yeah 28 days later agreed we also had Land of the Dead 
We yes. had some Evil Dead and Dead Alive stuff in there. I know that kind of is kind of on the zombie line, but looks like that was about it that I'm seeing. Yeah, I don't remember anything else in particular other than from those early one there that I just mentioned. Yeah. And then Stephen King. We also had a few of those on here. And my favorite this year was The Dead Zone. Okay, funny story. Uh-huh. Okay. You put favorite King. And I was like, how many movies did we watch that had Kings in them? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Was it was just I funny. I abbreviated. I apologize. Because I was like trying to like circumvent like, you know, well, the man who laughs wasn't really a king, but he was kind of like, you know, <laughs> no, I don't know. it was just funny. And then I was like, oh, when I saw that your picture, I was like, oh, that's oh, dead zone. Was, yeah. Like, it should have made sense in my head because I was like, this isn't like a medieval movie list. I don't know. <laughs> um, the Shining, 1980. Yeah. Uh, well, kind of also really like Misery from 1990. Mm-hmm. Which initially I was like misery, and then I was like, oh no, I forgot The Shining was like right next to it in the eighties. So The Shining is probably always going to get my vote for my favorite Stephen King film up until Doctor Sleep came out. Actually, and I know that that's kind of an unpopular opinion. Man, I love Doctor. I Sleep. love Doctor Sleep, Amazing. Oh, dude. I went and bought it on Blu-ray just so I could watch the director's cut. So fucking good, man. I will watch that movie for like give me the most extended <laughs> cut of that movie you can give me and i will sit my ass down and watch it all the time really really like dr sleep so yeah but and there are a lot of stephen king movies that i also enjoy but the shining and dr sleep are up the dr sleep's not on this list but because yeah. because of tigers not afraid which i do not disagree <laughs> with so right we also had carrie I think that's all I'm seeing. Also stunning. Like, great. Yes, I mean, Carrie is amazing. So, yeah, that was our first one of Stephen King this year. And we went through to The Shining, Dead Zone, Misery, all of that jazz. We got some King in there, which was nice. You ready to go through our favorite from each year? I'm ready. My favorite from the 1920s was The Man Who Laughs. Anybody surprised? I don't think so. (laughs) Favorite from the 1930s was King Kong. 1940s has got to be the wolfman so obviously on this list you're going to get some are that are just the best movies from me 50s night of the hunter the birds you guys know how much i love that movie from the 1960s that's my exactly exactly the 70s invasion of the body snatchers that movie was so good still from the 80s even with new ones poltergeist i love that movie oh my god i love that movie so much the 90s Bram Stoker's Dracula I know we also had the screams in there that was kind of nice to see but they're still not my favorites the early 2000s The Descent oh my god I yeah my one of my favorite movies of all time and uh, nobody will be surprised at this whatsoever my favorite from the 20 teens Cabin in the Woods yeah it's like your favorite movie of any <laughs> of ever <laughs> yeah so my favorite from each decade. So if you take anything from this, watch these movies right yeah. here that we're telling you from our favorite of each decade, because it's not even 20 movies because we aligned on a lot of them. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. Night of the Hunter, I'm sure. And yeah. Well, 1928, The Man Who Laughs from the mm-hmm. 20s. From the 30s, 1938, Night Must Fall, not surprising there. The 40s, 1941, Wolfman. Again, I don't think that is surprising. However, mm-hmm. I would also like to, I, I've been shitting on the 40s a lot. I just wanted to say, I also liked Bluebeard. Bluebeard was good. Cat yeah. People, didn't think that was terrible. Cat People was good. Dr. Cyclops, we have our, our first woman in a strong role in a horror film. She's exactly. taken charge. Yeah, and there are some good ones. There were, there were. So I, I don't want to. And Abbott and Casella meet Frankenstein is funny, but it I do is not funny about horror. So you know, just yeah, that, that was one another one we had to throw on. I don't think Rotten Tomatoes had a movie there. 
Yeah. So we had to put one on. 1950s, Night of the Hunter from 55. Mm-hmm. The 60s, shocking. I know. Rosemary's Baby from 1958. <laughs> 1970s, I chose Carrie. 1966. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get into the 80s. What did I pick from the 80s? The Shining, 1980. Mm-hmm. Okay. I really had a... I had a whole internal thing with the 90s. I really struggled. So when you think about 90s horror, you're like, garbage, terrible. 90s horror sucks. It did, except for this list. Like, Right, except this is the best. And, and it's what's on here is really good. Yeah. Okay. I kept going back to Scream. Really? I know, shocking. That's and then I was like, to go. Silence of the Lambs. Is yeah. So I was like, Scream, Silence of the Lambs, Scream, Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs is your film. I know, I know, I know. And that's why I put like a bunch of question marks on here. I was like, <laughs> I was having an existential crisis about this. Okay. And I, because I watched Scream actually several times this Halloween season and I mm. have such a good time with it. And that's new for me because I always, Scream was always on the back burner for me as far as mm-hmm. slash. And I don't know why it just never, I've never really cared about it that much. I liked it, but bef- like pre-podcast didn't really watch it that much, but this year, I even went and saw it in theaters once because oh my know, god, it was like just in theaters. And one of my friends and I, we were like, "Yeah, let's scream!" Is it's like a two dollar ticket? There's not going to be anybody there because pandemic, and there wasn't. We were the only two in the theater, and I had such a good time with it. And I watched it a couple times, and so I was like, "Fuck!" But Silence of the Lambs is the the better film, mm-hmm. but they're also kind of apples and oranges because they're not really in the same genre of horror. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. I'm still having a crisis about that. <laughs> that information, what you will. So from the 2000s, The Devil's Backbone, 2001, non-contested in yeah. my opinion. No offense to the descent, it's still very good. <laughs> <laughs> and to continue with the theme of sobbing uncontrollably, the teens, <laughs> Tiger's not afraid from right now. Get Out was very close there. Very good. We had It Follows, The Conjuring, Cabin in the Woods, Attack the Block. Very good films. The 2010s were a very, it was a very strong decade there. And I'm not just saying that because it's like our decade of film. There were some really good films that came out there. The Witch 2016. So, you know, but Tiger's Not Afraid. And it also is a Mexican film Mm -hmm. by a woman. So, yes, exactly. Yes. Now, I promise, I know we've been with you guys for like an hour and a half now, and we're almost done. We're we're close-ish. We're almost done with the 100 Years of Horror. Our very last section for that. These were movies that didn't fit in any category, but I wanted to talk. I had to talk about them somehow. So mm. these are the most important films that we that I watched in the hundred years of horror. Haxon from nineteen twenty nine is my very first one. Haxon is not even a horror movie. I wouldn't consider it one, mm-hmm. <laughs> but also it is. It is about real horrors. Haxon is all about the actual trials that witches would go through it it almost teaches you like it is a witchcraft manual for someone trying to find a witch and what to do with them and then at the end it feels like an about face because then it talks about i mean in 1929 how we're not doing enough for the mental health community yeah it it, and i honestly didn't think about it much until you i saw it on your most important list it's kind of like an early it is very different almost like documentary kind of thing except it's not I don't it's it's really interesting because you're kind of bored yeah but then you're like oh shit it has such an important message 
It does. And still to this day, we're still, and we talked about this, I think when we reviewed this, we're still not doing enough. Yeah. So it still stands true, you know, that still exactly. has. My next one, and this is going to be the one I'm sure we're going to talk most about is Tigers Are Not Afraid 2019. This movie has to be talked about more. Please talk about it more. Please introduce all of your friends to it. This is an important, important thing going on right now. And it is also just a good film. Like if you, yes. it, it is incredibly heavy, there are children involved. It's like, and again, I'll say this probably every single time I talk about it. I have never, and I don't think you have either. I think this is our first experience together. Been in a theater when when the credits rolled, most people start shuffling around. Mm-hmm. Not a fucking soul in this full goddamn. And this is a dine-in theater too, so you yeah. have like food and boxes and you know. No, but nobody fucking moved. Not a goddamn person in that theater moved. Yeah. Through the whole credits because it was so powerful. And I guarantee you, not one of us knew what we signed up for. It was just exactly a foreign horror film that everyone was raving about. And it was at this specific theater in Denver. Like we had yep. to drive an hour plus to yes. get to the theater. Because we were I, like, it's going to make best of the year. We got to see it. We are a horror podcast. We had no fucking clue. Neither did any of those fucking people. Yeah. And I'm sitting there next to you as some of this stuff is happening, trying not to just outwardly like blow like you know like just sob and I just have tears streaming down my face the whole time because it is just I think on the way home we just didn't know how to process it so we were all the time (laughs) like and then we recorded it we were just gonna see it and then like record it the next weekend we recorded it that fucking night we walked into my room and we were like turn on the fucking mic we have to talk about this right now it needs to be raw and real because we were so emotional yeah now it's so, sad that the audio doesn't hold up because our emotions were raw and real. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, that movie is incredibly important. Everyone should watch it. It's the horror aspects of it are light. Like it's almost the ghost story part of it that could be taken out. But, you know, if we want to see it in horror, then I'll I'll have it in because the ghost story doesn't take away from it either. Next one that I have is Jacques. I think this one is incredibly important. This is one that we added to the list. So it's not really horror. It's kind of horror adjacent. This is all about the First World War guys trying to stop the Second World War from happening. And it it's not... This is all about the First World War guys, and then the director made this in 1937 trying to stop what was going on with the Nazis, and it didn't work out, unfortunately, as we know, but that's all this is about, is this man being haunted by his men that died and trying to explain to people how this shouldn't happen again. It's an incredibly important movie, and I think it was incredibly important when they did it politically and i think that maybe nowadays we could watch this film again and get some information from it i definitely agree with you and that is also something we talked about how we need to be less excited to go to war yes exactly and that's exactly what this film was trying to do it was like no don't do that yes we did it anyways obviously but right just like we'll do it again and again and again Mm mm-hmm my next one is Quiet On, 1964. I think this movie is incredibly important and needs to be talked about once again. I thought it was beautiful. Oh my god, this movie is gorgeous. In fact, that's the trailer about this movie is just about how beautiful it is. I mean, it's hand-painted sets. You have beautiful makeup. You have 
I just, I don't even know what to say about this movie. It is three separate stories, as Amanda said, about from their culture. They're like historical stories almost. There are some that are just ghost stories, but there's one that is a historical battle that they bring in a ghost story element to. So it's interesting to get some history from a different culture as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And my last one, of course, is the most important, and it's Cabinet of Dr. Caligari because... I mean, from 1920, it started the whole thing. It started the whole thing. And it is also so important because it is also painted background sets. And it's so weird. And it's not a film that you have ever seen since. I actually, I I feel like Caligari could be remade, but I also don't think I ever want anybody to touch it. Like, don't remake it because it is so perfect all by itself. Yeah, I totally agree. I do have a few differing ones on my list. Not a ton. A lot of them align with you. For example, I do have Quiet On on my list for that reason. And I have Cabinet of Caligari because mm-hmm. it, as you, everything you just said is incredibly important. Now, and Tiger's Not Afraid, duh. Like, right. <laughs> now, here are my two that are different Nosferatu from 1922. Mm hmm. A lot of people consider this the first horror movie. Now, we know Cabinet of Caligari was before this, but Mm -hmm. Nosferatu is more widely known. And because of that, I think that it's important to talk about. Now, I prefer Cabinet of Dr. Caligari to Nosferatu as a film in general, but Nosferatu is an incredibly important film. And it's culturally, like, you can't talk about early horror without Nosferatu coming up everyone knows Nosferatu like you just can't get around that yeah especially when you look in like it's also incredibly important when you look into the background of it that film shouldn't even exist anymore Mm -hmm. that film shouldn't have existed in the beginning because it was a copyright problem between Dracula he wanted to get the rights to it and he didn't and he still wanted to make his movie so he changed the names and things but essentially it's the same film so he got sued obviously for copyright infringement and he was told to destroy every single copy so the fact that we even have Nosferatu is amazing because the only way we do is by people like us that love film and somebody saved it for everyone and its influence on horror and vampires like it's undeniable yeah it's very important and my other one that differed as most important I put get out from 2017 really Okay, you so, put a new one in there. Did. Well, I guess Tigers are not afraid, but... Yeah, so I, I added Get Out from 2017 because I think that this film did so much for the black community mm-hmm. and horror and Jordan Peele specifically coming on the scene and its political commentary for what we're... Especially seeing what happened in 2020 with Black Lives Matter yeah. and everything. And I think that there are a lot of things historically to that are very important, like Nosferatu and Cabinet Dr. Caligari and Quiet On and Jacques. And mm-hmm. then I also... And we have Tigers Not Afraid and then we have Get Out. And, and I think that when you look at... I think there was a reason that it was nominated for so many things and mm-hmm. that, that what it represents, obviously he did in a horror medium... But if you really look into it, the what it says and what it represents, and if people really listen to what mm-hmm. he's saying, is one of the most important things we can listen to right now that is going on in our country, all over the world, that we need to fix. Like yes, right absolutely. Second. 
And so that's why I put that on most important and most influential films currently is, is Get Out. And also just Jordan Peele as a filmmaker and yes. doing in horror and really excited to see again what comes with Candyman next year. So Absolutely. I mean, also absolutely the political things, but also just as a horror lover, having this new fresh blood come into it. I'm very excited to see what's going to happen. Exactly. Okay, so that was everything for 100 Years of Horror. Now, we do have a small little section of everything else we did, but most of what we did was 100 Years of Horror this year. So we did do seven hypes this year. I know. Oh, my God. Wow, that's an amazing number. (laughs) (laughs) And out of the seven, I only liked two. So this year we did The Grudge. We did The Turning. We did Invisible Man, The Lodge, You Should Have Left, Antebellum, The Craft Legacy, and run and separate we did a new screener that's not really a hype but i guess kind of a hype in the future we did straight edge kegger so i figured we could talk about some of those let's talk about the the hypes what did you like and and what did you absolutely just (laughs) or was there any in between or were you lukewarm or was it a love and was it a hate okay so what i loved i loved the invisible man oh my god like, I was so scared that they were going to be redoing these Universal Monsters and they were going to ruin them. I think The Invisible Man, I have not seen The Mummy because I won't because I love Egypt and Tom Cruise needs to back the fuck out. But The Invisible Man remake, fucking amazing. Fucking amazing. She, Elizabeth Moss, did an amazing fucking job, especially acting with somebody who's not even there half the time. I think she did an amazing job. My second favorite of the year was The Lodge. That was one we were actually supposed to watch last year, and it just kept getting put off and put off and put off, and it finally just released. And it finally just released on demand, so we were able to watch it. And I really, really liked The Lodge. It took everything that I thought that it was going to be about, and it turned it on its head, and it became like this cult-type movie. It was really good. Yeah, I actually agree with you on both of those things. When you only have seven... Yeah. It's not, especially with this, this subject group here, <laughs> there were only two good ones and, and, right, it exactly. man, and it was the lodge and yeah. unfortunately I, I liked run too. Yeah. It, it was run was decent. The craft legacy, I think was decent Maybe. and you should have left. I think was decent. I think antebellum, the turning and the grudge were fucking terrible. Yeah. I agree with you. And you know it's just so sad like we could have had so much this year 2020 that you took from us we were supposed to have so many good movies fucking candy man fucking spiral the new saw movie uh yeah conjuring three i don't even know like i haven't even heard anything about the new saw movie oh it's it's still moving on down the line i think maybe may or something next year yeah so yeah, the grudge. You got that. We saw it in theaters, and we saw the Invisible Man in theaters, and we saw the Turning in theaters. Those were the yeah. only three we got. And Invisible Man was great. It was a wonderful experience. Unfortunately, the other two, as the only two we got, I really was disappointed by the Turning. I I yeah. love Ben Wolfhard. I think he is great in everything he is. I think he's one of the best. And he's not even really he's a child, but like he's seventeen or eighteen now, so he's kind of breaking out of that child mm-hmm. actor into adulthood now which i'm really excited to see him now that he is 17 i think he's 17 moving into adulthood i'm really excited to see some of the projects that he's going to take on now and i really hope that people can separate him from being a child actor to an adult actor because i think mm-hmm. 
I don't want him to be limited because I think he's wonderful. Agreed. I, I, Mackenzie Davis, I think that's her name. Also, I've only seen her in one other thing, and it was in What If, which is a rom com that has Daniel Radcliffe and Adam Driver. Really good movie, but I, I didn't even think the acting was that bad. But mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. Yeah. It was the whole, like, you think that you know what's going on, and then all of a sudden they fucking spin it on you in the end, and it wasn't good. It was all of a sudden just a, okay, well, here's our our flip ending. We're done now. What? What the fuck happened? Yeah. 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 The only thing that I have with Run, the only other thing, you know, we kind of talked about this a little bit. I kind of wish that we could get away from the, now we, we did the act and then we did Run. And Hulu really seems to be latching onto this Munchausen by proxy thing. And I feel like they're not the only ones. I wish that we could stop. That, that's a real problem that people go through. You're right. <laughs> and it is, it is scary and it is terrible. And I know we put a lot of mental illnesses on display for horror movies. So that's the only thing that I would say that I have a commentary on there. Obviously, I have a lot of commentary on Antebellum too, but you can listen to the episode for that. I didn't really talk about it in run because I've kind of been thinking about it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Because of the act and everything. Munchausen by proxy is... It seems to be very Hollywood right now. And it is something that is abuse. And I don't want that to get lost in the movie and what children are going through. And I just, that's the only thing I have to say there is I try not to, I'm trying to, I don't want it to be ableist, you know, like that that seems to be a little sensationalized. Yeah. You don't want to also help people that may be already thinking of these things by giving them ideas. Yeah, and also it's not fucking, it's not just a Hollywood thing. Like, it really is happening to people. So yeah. that's my only thought there. And, you know, the craft was lukewarm, and yeah. you should have left. I forgot we did. So Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I kept seeing that name, and I was like, what the fuck was that movie? What is that? Yeah, I totally forgot yeah. we even did it. So that tells you right there. Yeah. We also kind of hypey. We did Straight Edge Kager this year. I figured we could go run down that one, too, as our first screener. Yeah. So excited. I- gotten another one from that agency. <laughs> probably hate us now well and, and it's a pr agency that has you know a lot of clients and this one is going to shutter and i'll post the release date as soon as it does i didn't hate it i didn't particularly love it brad liked it and just for whatever maybe it's more of a guy movie yeah but it's not it's a slasher kind of well no i don't really know it's like if you take like your next yeah exactly but also kind of yeah so it's but it's it's rough around the edges which is fine but yeah also needs like polished dialogue and character development and things like that yeah obviously you guys can listen to the episode my big note on it was the fact that it definitely felt like a music video he made with his friends and added little like bits of horror on the sides but it was decent I probably yeah. would never watch it again. It's not my type of film, but I'm not saying nobody should ever watch it. Yeah, I, it's definitely, like I said, it's just one of those, like, in-your-face kind of, yeah, edgy, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we also launched our Patreon this year. It's been a big year for us, even, I mean, big year for everybody. But we actually did, or we tried to start some new things to make 2020 great. yeah. You know, 2021 is kind of hoping that the third year is a little, (laughs) we push a little bit more, you know, I, 
Patreon has been awesome and I don't, mm -hmm. there's no downsides. Like I can literally not give you, well, the, the only downsides are with Patreon themselves because I kept having audio <laughs> pushing it out issues. Yeah. But other than that, you know, I, and this is not to like say, go join our Patreon, but like we've gotten to do some cool movies and the recommendations that uh, people on Patreon have given us. We've, I've really found some new movies that I'm super excited to have. Hell House LLC. Loved. Oh my God. Thank you, Lanessa, for that one, by the way. Like it is one of my new favorites. I around, we watched it like right before the Halloween season or like right at that time. Mm-hmm. And people ask me, I don't know about you, all the time, because they know I do this and they know I love horror, like, what are some good Halloween movies? Uh, we put Hell House on our Halloween list, I think, too. Mm -hmm. And I especially was like, watch Hell House. LLC. Yes. It is spooky as shit. And mm -hmm. I totally had never heard of it. It's on Shudder. Like, that was a one that stuck out to me, but it definitely wasn't the only one. Martyrs was another one mm -hmm. that really stuck out to me. I think that one's from Aaron. No, I know yep. that one was from Aaron. I just couldn't remember if it was this year. Yeah. So he, yeah. he had Raw coming out, too. So he's, yes. fucking, he's fucking us up, man. Yeah, he is. He's giving us some disgusting, uh, I don't want to watch Raw, Aaron. <laughs> we're gonna. I, but... We're gonna. But I'm very upset about it. Yeah, Martyrs really, I really loved that one. I mean, and then another one that I kept wanting to put on Wild Ride, but wasn't on this was <laughs> House or Haosu from Japan. Yes, that, that is so much yeah. like Quiet On. Oh my God, yeah. Haosu, crazy. Wild. Dude, that was fucked. Like, and there, that wasn't just like, there, there were so many, and if we missed yours, it's not because we didn't love it, but those were just the ones that just oh, like jumped into my head. I got more, you guys. I got more. So I spit on your grave, Jesse. Oh, yeah. Thank you for that one. That is an intense movie about you know revenge horror, but that was so actually good. one of the last movies that's we got all to together. together. Mm -hmm. I know. Oh my god, it's amazing. Pan's Labyrinth. I had never actually seen Pan's Labyrinth all the way through before. This is my yeah. first time. Fucking amazing. Forgot that Pan's Labyrinth was a Patreon uh, recommendation, and you fucked me up real good. Yeah. Uh, I again, like I mentioned, I am looking for all of these expensive collector's items of Del Toro's work now because I am just such a fucking <laughs> like. I bow like to Del Toro, man. I yes. love it, and I. I want to watch these movies again, but like it's one of those where I just have to like you know, <laughs> yes, exactly. Because I need like to emotionally callous myself. Because goddamn, yes. Thank you, Madalena, for that one. John sent in a tale of two sisters this year. That was a foreign horror film that was like a fairy tale. It was like Cinderella. That one was so fucking good. Loved it. That one keeps coming up when we're looking for these foreign films from next year. That yes. one keeps like, done that one over on Patreon. <laughs> so that one's already done. Exactly. This was also on Patreon, and John also recommended this one. It was Headcount. That was really fucking good. It was a new one. They basically, like, there would be someone added to the group, and you had to count how many people were there. Like, six friends were there, and oh my god, but the sixth friend is in the kitchen type thing. It was It was one of those where you had to, like, pay attention the whole time. That was really cool. And then the other Patreon one that actually it dropped today, same day as this episode, if anybody is interested, is The Other Side of the Door we just did for our last, our Babysitter's Club. And that one, oh my God, was so sad and so fucking good. It was like Pet Cemetery, but newer. Better than Pet Cemetery? Right. In my opinion. 
Yeah. 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 So, I mean, again, you, we appreciate a single stream. The Patreon is just like icing on the cake, man. Like if you want to support us moving into some more projects that we have and we want to continue, hopefully 2021, gives us the opportunities that 2020 took away from us. Yeah. We did. And that's not to say that it didn't take away things from everyone. This is just specifically talking about the podcast. Cause like there were some, a lot of good things that came out of 2020 and then it was also like the worst year in a long time. Like, right. I'm on medication again for the first <laughs> time in like 10 years, you know, but there were some things that we wanted to do this year that we 2020 full stop because we couldn't do social things. And yeah. like Chris and I, we're so serious about this pandemic that like, we're not even hanging out. Like, yeah, I think we maybe have seen each other like three times, you know, and an actual social setting where we have yeah. like maybe gone to lunch and, or mate, you know, something like that, like in, but it's been very limited. And yeah. but there were some things we were supposed to do this year and got accepted to do, which we're really excited that we're, convention type things you know so yes. um, we didn't get to do those things but we have big plans to do some of those things hopefully in 2021 depending on vaccine rollout and mm -hmm. and when that happens and it may not be next year because I know some of this normalcy won't actually return until maybe fall but that's what patreon helps us do so patrons thank you yes thank you guys so much it, it's really like all this goes into and I had to upgrade my mic twice yeah. two times so thank you like I had so many audio issues this year and so now the mic that I have like thank you Patreon <laughs> <laughs> and I'm moving yeah. into a new house in like a week and a half or so um, from when this episode drops and you know I've got to put my sound tiles all back up and you know that helps with all that kind of stuff to give the best quality possible so you know it's it's really that that's really awesome we don't have merch or anything like a lot of podcasts do right now that's not something where you're you know I don't know but that's where all that comes from so thank you yes absolutely thank you guys so much and our very last little category we amazingly through all of the hundred years of horror and the patreon and everything else we also have our regular ass schedule that we do we do we do be doing and, that too. yes and throughout that i have also found some new movies that maybe you guys want to look into or should because they're amazing so because of the coronavirus this year we also had a couple of movies that we just added to the list in i think it was march or april or something around there because we couldn't do any hypes our hypes were starting to get canceled so we just did a couple of random movies for you guys we did the crazies and we did the quiet family and the quiet family is one of the new movies on my list that oh my god it was so fucking good it was so funny it is also a foreign horror movie about a family that owns an inn and then they start killing people off that that are in the inn or they start dying off you know things like that happen and then they're trying to cover it up and it's very funny yeah, that one, I, it was kind of one of those things where it's like horror comedy can always be a little scary and like some, not scary as in like the movie is scary, but like, am I going to like it or mm -hmm. not? Yeah. But it was, it was actually really good. And especially when you, foreign horror is always um, interesting. It's yeah. like, always, you know, it's just different and it's so dry. And yes. It's, it's love that. I love dry humor. So good. Another regular one, we did Train to Busan this year. I was really excited to finally get around to seeing that. 
Oh my god. That another one I just fucking saw about. Yes. Like, destroys you. Destroys you. But such yeah. a good fucking movie. And then my last two of our new regular episodes that I loved were Silent Night, Deadly Night. If you have listened to the episode, y'all know I fucking loved it. It was so fucking funny. Naughty. Yeah. So good. (laughs) My last one is also a Christmas one, and it's Rare Exports. That's such an amazing film. Also so ecstatic that I watched it this year. I fucks with Rare Exports, dude. Yes. I was messaging Ryan, another one of our patrons, and a friend of mine, um, who I actually met through the podcast I talked about before, but when I say friend of mine, it's through this, which is really cool. And I was like, dude, you have to watch this. It's free. It's on oh, one of the streaming services like Hulu or Prime. And it's also just like if you Google it on this like weird random streaming service called Vudu, but you can totally watch it for free. I loved that movie. Like <laughs> one of my favorites we did this year. Mm-hmm. And I have memory problems. So like I don't remember a lot. <laughs> I really loved that movie. Agreed. It was so good. And it was even not even just for Christmas ones, just like for like all the movies we did. Yeah. It was really good. You'll be happy to know that one of the ones that stuck out to me was all the way, all think all the way back to April. So go, go back to quarantine. All the way back to all, April. All the way back to April. I had never seen this before. You were pushing me to watch it because it's one of your favorites. It was Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. From yes! <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that film. It was different than I thought it would be. And it, I, I wish it was Jekyll, but it's Jekyll. Yes. <laughs> and I actually really enjoyed that one. I've really liked got, watching the, with 100 Years and Everything, a lot of the older ones that I hadn't seen. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. Another one that I really enjoyed that wasn't necessarily good. It was just a good experience. <laughs> it was 47 years down and 47 oh years down. Oh my God. Like, uh, and that was just because it was a rage fest. So mostly enjoyed it for that. Okay, okay, so. okay. Now that you fucking brought it up, I'm going to like get on my soapbox and complain for a second. Y'all heard me just say The Other Side of the Door, which drops today. Fucking amazing. Loved the movie. Same director as 47 Meters Down, and I want to die. <laughs> You're like, how, how could you? <laughs> yes. How could you do this? Now, what's funny is a lot of people don't like that movie either. It makes me so sad. But it was much better than, <laughs> yeah, than that one. Now, this one was on my list of movies to watch. So, like, you know, Ginger Snaps I've wanted to watch for a long time. And I'm glad we finally got mm-hmm. to put it on the list. And, you know, I House of Wax, I put that, that we did a regular episode on that, which is why I'm mm-hmm. putting it on here. It was also on the 100 Years of Horror a fucking weird one. I'm ready. It's alive. Can we just... Yeah, that was crazy. I did not particularly like it. <laughs> but yeah. I, I did, hadn't even heard of it. And then all of a sudden, you were putting it on the, on the list. Yeah, and it was... It was not. It was it's not good. In the wax. I like... I actually like the remake. So I'm sure people who are purists are going to hate me. But I actually like the remake that was in like 2008 or something. And I figured, you know, we could slowly work our way through it. The original, not good. Not good. I like the 2008 one, though, if anybody wants to check it out. (laughs) The last thing that I wanted to mention, which was significant this year, not in a good way, Cannibal Holocaust. God, I forgot that was this year. (laughs) Yeah. Blocked it out, didn't you? (laughs) Yeah, basically. 
We actually did, this was also patron requested, did review The Green Inferno Mm -hmm. recently on Patreon. Again, $5 unlocks and or $1 unlocks patron requests. There are two tiers over there. $5 gets you extra. Just go over there. (laughs) Anyway. You can unlock pretty much everything over there for a dollar. That's what I'm getting at. There's just a few things you can't. But pretty much everything you can, and including Green Inferno. We did review that one after Cannibal Holocaust. And Cannibal Holocaust, that was probably the most significant movie for me this year, specifically because I was the dumb bitch that was like, (laughs) (laughs) You were, too. You were like, I want to do it. I got to fucking watch it. it. well because like okay i already talked about this in the episode but it's like i want to watch it it's like on all these disturbing lists it's significant in horror it is significant in horror history yes yeah (laughs) i just it was awful and brutal and yeah green inferno though a little bit different you know still not great but in a different way so yeah but also not bad like just different eli roth did, did the eli roth thing I liked it much more because I didn't like Cannibal Holocaust at all. So there was, but yeah, those are the things that really stuck out to me. There were a lot of things I liked. Obviously, there were a lot of great movies that we watched this year because we didn't have anything else to do this year. <laughs> but the biggest thing was the hundred years of horror. Like, obviously, the regular episodes were awesome, and we found a lot of things we liked. But we got to do the 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 travel. We traveled through time, essentially. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, and with the genre that we love and that we get to talk about on a weekly basis with, with each other and then with the people that interact with us, whether, whether that be patrons or Instagram or Facebook or the few emails that we get every now and then. So, you know, it's been a really great time. And I hope you enjoyed the 100 Years of Horror because let me tell you, it was a lot. It was a lot of work. But even <laughs> even with it being a lot of work, I at least enjoyed it so much. Yeah, like worth it yeah and uh, we talked about this like this was on our to-do list pre yeah podcast we already wanted to i think that's awesome yeah we had gotten through i think maybe three years yeah we didn't get very far we only wanted to do it together like watching these movies together and so obviously we can realize that if we only get together once a week and watch one movie that would have taken us a very long time but we finally got to do it and the other thing we had that we haven't done yet is we had a most disturbing movies list, which I think we only got to, well, now we've gotten to Cannibal Holocaust and yeah. we watched Antichrist and Portrait of a Serial Killer. Yeah. We had a uh, Human Centipede on there, which I'm just saying might be on Patreon next year. Uh. Yep. Yep. That's going to be on there. That's <laughs> requested. <laughs> Which is cool. That's it's cool. cool, but we're, we're going to go through it. <laughs> it was one of those I watched with some high school friends and we were all like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, it's been, you know, it's been a year. I, I, what about like personally, any cool things happened to you this year? Yeah, that's, I was figuring maybe we can run down a little bit like what you, what 2021 is going to look like for us even, yeah. you know, <laughs> this is kind of <laughs> like. <laughs> this is kind of hard because you know you're not only my partner on this but you're also my boss at work so I have been working at home because of the coronavirus and uh as my friend on this podcast I'm so done with medical billing I'm ready to move the fuck on totally fine. as my boss yeah, please don't fire that. me <laughs> no I, but we already knew that it's yeah, okay but other than that honestly like I really, my heart goes out to everybody who's having a really difficult 2020, but 
all I can say is I'm thankful that mine has actually gone pretty smoothly, actually. So my fiance was also able to stay at home and that has helped us actually bond really well. We have cats that we have been trying to integrate and that's actually working out very well. I Overall, I'm doing pretty good in 2020 and I'm pretty excited about 2021. I've been putting in a lot of personal, mental, and emotional work on myself and, you know, I'm ready for the future. That's awesome. And I'm very proud of you. Yeah. I mean, y'all know I got engaged. I don't know if there's a wedding coming soon. All of that kind of really depends on the coronavirus and stuff. So I'm kind of just holding out right now and I still want babies. So maybe that'll be next year. I don't know. The world's going to be exciting for me. And I'm, yeah. I'm so sorry for everybody that this hit hard. I mean, it's probably going to be exciting for everyone because it's not going to be this anymore. Right, exactly. You know? I think that there's only can't, well, there it can get worse, but it's hard to go down from not being able to go out in public. And if you have been, and I think a lot of our listeners have been taking it as seriously as we have, when I tell you that we have not, like Brad and I, on the, when I say two or three rare occasions, that's what I mean. Yeah. Home work grocery yeah, store exactly in. like I may I can count on one hand I think the times where that has differed and you know it's been hard but I I am not working from home I have to go into the office every single day and so I'm exposed you know to patients because I'm in healthcare and that's between 25 and depending on emergencies and things like that like 50 people a day mm -hmm. so I just don't now, if I did work from home, I may get out a little bit more, but I already feel like my exposure risk is high enough as is. So I have not been getting out and doing anything. And, you know, that's been okay because I'm fairly introverted anyways, but there are things that I miss like movies oh, and yes. just hanging out with my friends. Like we haven't even been having like close inner circle, you know, girls nights yeah. or movie nights just because there could be one of us that has it from work and at work we are all wearing medical grade masks and stuff like that and we are fairly distant so it's just not worth the risk mm -hmm. and my doctors and I both think that um, I had it last December through March if you go back and listen mm -hmm. I was sick for months and they tested me for the flu and all I kept getting was over the course of months was you have a virus. We don't know what it is. It's not the flu. You're just going to have to stick with it. And, you know, Kristen got sick too. And some of my coworkers got sick, this weird virus. And I, they fucking took pictures of my lungs, man, mm -hmm. in an urgent care. They, it was, it was the craziest thing. And if that's what it was, and we're pretty sure it was, you don't fucking want it. I was miserable. I came, I was working because you work when you're sick, like when there's not a pandemic, you just I cannot work for months, you know? Yeah. And I, I, you, I would come in crying some days because yeah. I was like, I'm so tired of being sick. I can't even hardly lift my body up. Yeah. Like it. And this thing is fucking people up. I don't know how you did it. I, I literally, it, I don't know. I have a fever of a hundred and <laughs> I didn't go to work with a fever of like 103, but there were days when it was really bad. And I called my PCP like, I don't know, a couple, like a couple months ago, I just needed to re-up my medication. And I was like, can you look back in my chart? And she was like, January, the first week of January, I went in the fourth or like the first week of February and then two weeks later and then two weeks later. And they tested me for the flu every single time and it came back negative. She was like, oh yeah, <laughs> it was here. 
you they that I'm, I'm like pretty sure and I was like okay yeah. cool so you don't fucking want it dude yeah I was miserable and we don't know what the long-term effects are so yeah we haven't been doing shit I mean like we did sell our house which I already talked about mm-hmm. that was unexpected got some news from the city that they were putting up some shit around our house that we don't fucks with mm-hmm. and that's gonna lower the value of our house and we've already put quite a bit of equity into our house and we didn't want to lose it and so we called our realtor and we were like put this bitch on the market and he did and we went under contract in 24 hours and buying a house was super stressful because where you live in Colorado Springs and the market here is like top five hottest markets in the country and we lost houses for five four or five houses we lost two to cash offers yeah what the fuck that's so fucking gross yeah and but we we do move in like I said like a week and a half so buying a new house but it has been you know kind of hard like my husband and I you know he has to work from home and he is an extrovert so that's really hard on him and I am an introvert dealing with people during a pandemic who are not in a great mood so that's (laughs) been really hard on me but take care of your mental health like don't I don't know like if I had to say one thing I never wanted to be on medication again. I had to do it when I was in high school and it's 10 years later and I'm back on it and it has really helped and just reach out for help if you have the privilege to do so. Like, I know not everybody has healthcare, but yeah. there are resources. Um, yeah. I mean, mostly I just want to focus on this next year. Like yeah. if we can do things again, I would like to be a little bit more you know interactive if we can go to there's a horror convention in Denver we were supposed to be at Mm -hmm. and they're supposed to reschedule that and we're supposed to be in it and if you can come then that'd be awesome (laughs) right but other than that we're just gonna get the vaccine and try not to get sick and yeah just get into your new house all that jazz that'll be nice our recording room doesn't have any windows and it's in a basement so (laughs) quality is about to be tight but yeah i mean other than that we just really hope you guys are staying safe and well and i don't have anything exciting coming up except for moving and we'll just have to see what 2021 brings but most of all thank you to everyone that has supported us and streamed and grew quite a bit this year which was really awesome to see and we want to continue that and push out content and We'll just see what happens and we just hope that you stay healthy and stay well and we are all on the up and up in 2021. Yes. And I'm really excited for 2021, especially for the podcast. I think it's going to be great fun and we'll be back with you next year. Until then, stay creepy.